This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters and culture. Colonization and genocide are ongoing processes that continue to this day. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey there, news fans. Welcome back to Ozpol Snack Pod, the podcast that is kind of like Auntie Pasty. We're just a couple of little pickles stewing in our own juices. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to Ozpol Snack Pod, the podcast where two of Australia's foremost political nobodies bring you bite-sized chunks of Australian news and politics with plenty of memes. My name is Noon, and with me, as usual, not always, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, but as usual, is Zach. That's right. I'm here. How's it going, everybody? It has been kind of like a fortnight away from the news for me, mm. and boy, has there been some news. There's been so much news all the time. The it, whole last the time, two weeks, it's news o'clock. Yeah. Non-stop news. Yeah. News news straight to the neck. And um, I don't know, I was sort of sitting down to it and to write the notes for this episode and being like fucking hell there's a lot to like mm-hmm. get through and there's a lot that a lot to read up on i was feeling quite sort of put upon mm-hmm. um in this completely voluntary project that i have decided to do myself of my own free will but then as i started getting into it i was like you know what no i like talking about the news and i'm really pissed i'm pissed off this week noon i'm not gonna lie yeah uh, yeah, you got really angry a couple of times when we were talking about what stories we were going to discuss. So <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to I the I chose the stories version. based on how angry yeah. they made me, yeah. Um, Which is you... healthy. This is a healthy I, little I hobby so. that we have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, before we get into our healthy hobby, I just wanted to shout out our new patron, Emily, and also Jess, who rationalized her investment in Snack Corp um, so as to not be getting those... US conversion fees on the crypto NFT exchange, you know. That... So, listeners, if you like the show, you like what we do, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Ospol Snackpod and give us uh, one Australian dollar per month and you get a bonus episode. You get onto our Discord, hang out with us uh, there, and also other stuff at higher tiers. So, please do that because it's good and helps the show. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Uh, should we hop into. Uh... Or aperitif snoon? Let's do it. Which could also be called antipasti. Antipasti, yeah. That's true. Can I offer you one of these, sir? No, no. Take it away at once. Yeah, that's right. So these are the stories that we're not going to talk about in a lot of detail, um, but things that we felt it was important to mention. Um, So first up, it was Trans Day of Remembrance last week, and um, we wanted to extend all of our love and solidarity and rage. Um to all of our queer and trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming friends and family and comrades and listeners and community members. Um, And obviously it's a horrible injustice that we need a day of remembrance for trans people. Um, But trans people are, we're more likely to die than the general population because of how our society um, fucking sucks. Mistreats them. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love and solidarity. Absolutely. Um, on to some... That, that's an international thing, but back into Australia specifically. Um, New South Wales has local government elections coming up in the first week of December. Not a whole lot of 
juicy stuff that I'm aware of about it, but um, uh, you know, if you're a New South Wales local government area enthusiast, please correct me about some of the juicy <laughs> stuff. We'd love a potluck about it. Um, but one thing I did want to mention is that remember that in many places, Liberal Party members who are approved of by the party stand as independents because of party rules about endorsements. So here's mm. just a quick example of that from the Sydney Morning Herald. Mr. Croxford is at the top of the Your Community Candidates ticket, which pledges to form a council free from party political agendas. The group's <laughs> website urges voters not to, quote, risk a council influenced by party politics and says that party politics has no place in local government. Wow, that's really, like, at this point, it's like, I really think Mr. Croxford is protesting just a little too much there. Like, yes. perhaps mention in free yeah. from party politics a little bit less. Yeah. Just uh, just undersource it a little Especially bit. Especially if you happen to be a lobbyist and senior ministerial advisor in the Howard government, uh, and also wow. a country representative in the New South Wales Liberal Party executive and a member of the Liberal Party. So that's just one guy in this article that was basically just like, a list of a people list of, yeah. pretending they're not liberal members. Actually, one was yeah. like, "This doesn't I'm just telling everyone I'm a liberal." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, around the country, like, it's just happening in New South Wales next week. So. Worth keeping an eye out yeah. for in a yeah. general sense. It's yeah. normally pretty easy to tell which is your not endorsed liberal candidate and which is your not endorsed Labor candidate, um, but not always. Uh, okay, tell um, us about any fucked candidates from your area. Yeah, yeah, would there love are, to know. because the. Li- they all come out for the local government, for the LGA elections. Well, that's a, just... that's why they don't endorse them. It's because it's too hard to check everyone, and then yeah, inevitably exactly. a third of them are absolute cookers. So Yeah, yeah. Mm. So please, tell us about your favourite cooked candidate, love New South Wales residents. Uh, another <clears throat> aperitif, Peter Dutton, won his defamation trial against Shane Bazzi, who is a refugee bah, activist. Bah, yeah, that's bah, I hate this agreed. aperitif. That's yeah. gross. They take it away at once. Yeah, it's That's, horrible. You know, one of those olives, but it's it's so it's all soft and sour, and not like a good olive. You know, it's bad. You know, I do. I, olives, I know about 10%. those bad olives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a terrible. bad olive. Um. So yeah, Mr. Bazzi said Peter Dutton was a rape apologist in a tweet, and Peter Dutton won the court trial and has been awarded thirty five thousand dollars in uh, in damages, which is you know ridiculous. Also, especially considering that he's one of the wealthiest people in Parliament. Like, he's like right. the fourth Absolutely. or fifth richest MP from, from memory. Yeah, and it's just like so many bullshit things about this. For example, the fact that Shane Bazzi has a blue tick makes a big deal, to ha- apparently, to the court. Yeah, and well, that was um, what Dutton's defense was kind of basing it on. Was right. that, like, oh, he like, has clout on Twitter. This guy has a higher standard than the average tweeter yeah it's fucked it's literally just peter dutton is just upset that a blue tick insulted him on twitter and he just went to court to have that hurt punish this guy yeah yeah yep what a what an absolute Um, fucking scumbag just the worst yep uh, speaking of just the worst, another aperitif. Uh, there's a bunch of illegal logging in Victoria, which uh, this is a really shocking story. With a lot of detail on it. There's a really good long form article about it that I'll link from the Age. Ba- basically, there were some scientists who were like, "Hey, uh, the Victorian logging regulator, we noticed that Vic Forests, which is the Victorian government Owned. logging company, because of course the government owns a logging company. Yeah, public transport? No, fuck it, privatize it." 
cutting down trees? You, yeah. You better believe that's government work. <laughs> Nationalize the shit out of it, yeah. Um, yeah, so the science is like, we notice they're doing crimes. Like, maybe 10% of the things they do are criminally illegal logging. Um, uh, in this particular case, it's about uh, illegally logging trees on sleep st- steep slopes, which yada yada water catchment is going to cost millions of dollars for Melbourne to set up a water purifying plant because of logging these trees, mm. which is mm. real trout population shit. But um, yeah, so the regulator was like, oh, thanks, scientists. We'll have a look at this. Okay, so um, now to assess this claim, we, can, we have some high quality data and we've got some fairly high quality data. We're going to go get some really, really low quality data and use that instead. But unfortunately, they still managed to find crimes. <laughs> um, the OCR, which is the, the regulator, found evidence of slope limit breaches in more than 95% wow. of areas assessed, but told the ABC the allegations of widespread and systemic logging, quote, could not be substantiated. Oh, okay, great, great. Well, I feel better. This comes despite an admission by Vic Forrests in November 2019 that it had been systematically logging slopes beyond the legal limit. So well, are you like, going to believe everything somebody tells you about the crimes they commit? <laughs> I'm just going to type this up on my invisible typewriter. <laughs> yeah, um, and one of the scientists... I'll just, I'll just read a, a couple of quotes from this guy, Professor Lyndon Meyer, who said, The whole thing is now a charade. It's bordering on corruption from the agency that's meant to be doing the regulation. He thinks illegal logging has become Vic Forrest's business model and the regulator is facilitating it. Mm. There are some fundamental reasons why we're seeing such widespread breaching of forest laws, and that is Vic Forrest is running out of timber, he said. Vic Forrest would not be able to survive without continuing to log illegally and continuing to log important areas for biodiversity. So there you have it. Good system that it, we've set up. They're doing well, it because it otherwise they, they, they would stop existing. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. Anyway, those are our aperitifs. Yeah. Um, I will post a link to that article in the in the show notes. It's definitely worth a read just to get all the ins and outs of this particular bit of environmental vandalism being literally done by the state government. Pretty enraging so. stuff. Well, thanks cool. for not talking about any of that stuff, Noon. Uh, no now worries. here's something that we're also not going to talk about. Potluck, where you bring the snacks. Because we're going to let someone else talk about it for us. But before we do that, Noon, why don't I let you talk about it a little bit? Really set yourself up there. Um, Yeah, so this week it was announced that Australian renewable energy retailer PowerShop had been bought by non-Australian, non-renewable electricity <laughs> retailer Shell. Uh, a bunch of people are super mad about this because PowerShop was a green energy thing and Shell are, you know, one of the biggest fossil fuel companies in the world. So kind of a backward step there. Um, GetUp in particular are really furious about it because they spruked PowerShop a bunch uh, and are worried that now people will be giving money to Shell because GetUp told them that PowerShop was cool. Mm. Um, I wonder if but... there is a lesson there about greenwashing capitalism yeah, or, or something about like uh social enterprise mainstream activism probably not or... yeah doubt it but we have a potluck about no, it noon. let's get this potluck yeah. yeah i asked my friend jess who has been trying to get me to switch power providers for a long time to away from power away from, well yeah i mean just away from anybody but i am with power okay. so now it's become even more urgent um uh-huh. so, uh and i asked him to convince me again uh, but record it this time. Uh, and here it is. Hey, Snack Pack. If you consume social media at all, and we are all here for the over 9,000 memes, so of course you do, 
you've seen that PowerShelf has been bought by Shell, famous for spending big on anti-climate lobbying and probably a bunch of war crimes as well. Ethical capitalist consumers are not happy because PowerShelf was given big reps by GetUp and other similar organisations which probably could do with a little investigating. One of the power retailers people have been switching over to is Cooperative Power, which sounds like an anarchist squad from the 90s and is almost as good. They've made up for a bunch of kind of cool organisations, including some of the more progressive unions who are fighting pretty hard for a just transition, like the United Workers' Union, Friends of the Earth, the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union, and a bunch of other similarly awesome groups. Plus, everyone who joins is a member and gets to decide where their profits go. They recently polled their membership, and we got to decide to spend the profits on things like a strike fund for striking workers, including the recent country road strikers who just won their strike, subsidising bills for no- and low-income members, and putting money towards international climate solidarity. But all these decisions are collectively decided by the members, which is pretty cool and definitely different for an energy retailer, which also means they're not going to sell out to Shell, unless the members collectively decide to do that. They're also very transparent in where they get their power from, not making any false claims about having 100% renewable energy. I figured it may be just the week for an extra positivity corner, and seeing a power retailer fund the striking workers was just a ticket for me. It's very encouraging to see there are people who recognise capitalism isn't going to save us from climate change, and that we need a bunch of collective action instead. Keep on snacking on crunchies in the free world. Fuck cops. Thanks, Jess. Uh, it's always nice getting a potluck from a super fan who manually manufactures their own stings. Yeah, that's, it was a whole show. That, <clears throat> that was a deep cut as well to a previous potluck where a caller recorded a different version of the ACAB sting on their tenor saxophone, <laughs> which, of course, Zach found hilarious. But I don't quite get why that was an ACAB segment. Oh, it's just a little musical flavor on top. It's just a little, a little Easter egg for the fans. Uh, it's now I have almost enough instruments to put together an entire like new arrangement of this thing, which uh, I'll wow. definitely never do. But thank you so much for all that info, Jess. Um, all that yeah. stuff about you know the things that Co Power like put uh, you know the members have voted to putting their funds towards is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um, yeah. Uh, but Noon, the, I asked you to look up a couple of other uh, options to give to people. Yes. So, unfortunately, all of them are like, well, there are two really good ones. PowerShop and Diamond Energy. So, Diamond Energy is kind of the other one. Um, I think one of the issues with them is that they do gas, but, like, people need gas. Like, I don't think it's hard to decide that you're going to switch over to an electric stove when you're in a rental or whatever. Yes. But yeah, so Diamond Energy are the big ones and Energy Locals are another one. Um, but there are also a bunch of options with otherwise bad retailers um, like Shell or whatever um, or Origin or whoever. And I'm not specifically promoting them, just, you know, normal power companies. They have an option called Green Power. Uh, which is not as good as going to an actual retailer that buys exclusively or tries to buy uh, renewable energy. But Green Power, basically, you pay a small additional fee, something like 30 to $50 a year, and they prioritize sending renewable energy to your house. Um, which, like, I'm sure it's not the specific electrons that come from those. But, like, <laughs> you know, you, you you pay for them to buy renewable energy for your consumption it's a bit complicated it's not great 
but it's definitely something that you can do. Definitely so yeah. Um, but hey, yeah. Uh, a cooperative owned energy retailer is two big thumbs mm-hmm. up from hey. the SnackPod team. Hey. Sweet. Thanks for not talking about that, Noon. Now here's something we are going to talk about. Fashy Australia. I've used the same fucking mm. segue like four times. <laughs> I'm a little Sorry, rusty. Guys, we've had a couple uh, weeks yeah, off. I, yeah, yeah I'm, not in our I'm not, top podcasting game. No, I'm not at my. I'm not operating at full capacity in general as a human at the moment. I'm going to be mm-hmm. upfront about that. Same shit all around, man. Yep. Um, but yes, let's talk about the the fashy shit that's happening in our terrible country. Um, so a bunch of the, re- I'll say before I get into the story, a bunch of the rest of the show is about some laws getting passed, um, which is because we are nearly at the end of the like parliamentary year and there's a federal election coming up early next year. So everything has to get sorted out ASAP. Um, so I'll do this fashy bit and then I'll do a little sidebar, not real segment bit about other parliament dramas and then we'll continue with the show. Sounds good. News and politics. Exactly. I don't know if there's any memes in this, but I'm sorry, everybody. The government has been uh, promising heavy scare quotes, religious freedom laws um, for the last three years, basically as an apology for legalizing same-sex marriage. Um, Because they really tried to make that not be them that did it with the plebiscite and Mm. so on. But a bunch of conservatives were like, oh, so you like gays now? And they're like, no, 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 don't worry. We'll bring in some laws that make it really clear that we don't like gays. Um, So I'm sure all of our listeners have heard about the religious freedom laws and there's been a lot of drama about it going on. I've read a lot of articles about it and most of the actual legislation. And I think one of the reasons that this is causing so much news is that basically... The mechanisms it introduced is is essentially a big grey zone in anti-discrimination laws that previously didn't exist. Yeah, and so, like, that's really a problem because, it like, uh, everyone's being like, no, this is going to cause all of these really big problems, and then religious people being like, no, 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 it's going to make essentially no difference, and it's not really clear what will happen because it is very unclear legislation. Um, some things that seem to be agreed on is that one thing that would be allowed is a statement of beliefs. So uh, probably many people remember the Israel Folau business. He was a rugby player. He signed a contract with Rugby Australia saying he would act in certain ways in public. And then he made a statement about his beliefs that gay people were going to hell and got fired for not acting in the way that he said he would in the contract that he signed. And it seems like under the current legislation, the fact that he said, I believe that God's plan is blah, 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 would mean that it would be illegal for Rugby Australia to fire him. Um, there was a specific Falau clause in the laws, which got removed and then basically put back in elsewhere, but yeah. not called the Falau clause anymore. That seems uh, like a so, smart move cool. on behalf of the bigots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't name your bigotry clause after a famous bigot. Even though Who people didn't like you yeah. are specifically signaling to bigots that you like this bigot and other bigots. It's it's a fine uh, needle they got a thread there. <laughs> yep. So again, I'm not entirely sure what's 
going to happen as a result. The Guardian says this. The Federal Sex Discrimination Act already contains an exemption for religious schools to discriminate against teachers based on gender and sexuality, provided it's in accordance with the beliefs of the school and done, quote, in good faith. Okay, so we can all, like, teachers, uh, you can already fire teachers for being gay so long as you're not being mean about Mm. it, basically. Um, The Religious Discrimination Bill adds the power to only hire teachers who fit within the beliefs of the school's religion, provided this restriction is made clear in a publicly available policy. Um, So the Assistant Attorney General, Amanda Stoker, said that this could depend on whether the school is prepared to put that they don't like gay people in its public policy. So, yes. As long as you're loud uh, and public about it. Well, yeah. Which, yeah, it's pretty, pretty fucked. So, yeah, I think previously they couldn't say we will only hire Christians, but now they can say that, but they also have to say it if they want to only Mm. hire Christians. Um, there's some absolutely ridiculous stuff about this from ministers trying to both sides it. For example, Michaelius Cash said this. All the statement of belief clause does is provide that the making of a statement of belief in and of itself is made it, um, if it is made in good faith, the statement itself would not be discrimination under Australian anti-discrimination law. Which is a bit unclear, but I think what she's saying is um, this won't change anything. So why do you need the new law, Michaelia? Um... It's bad. Yeah. Uh, So there is a small silver lining, which is that the bill hasn't actually been passed into law. It turns out Morrison only introduced it into the lower house of parliament so that he could tell all of the religious voters that he's done it. It's actually going to be sent to a Senate committee to be like reworked and then brought to another vote, Um, especially because a lot of liberal MPs hate it, which leads on to our parliamentary shenanigans section oh great uh unless you uh do you have any uh hot takes about the the religious stuff uh the only thing i'd mention i guess is that uh aside from being generally confused about the bill and it seeming uh bad it's probably important to note that the labor party has said that they would support it as well um well it's un i'm not sure that they're going to support the Bill, exactly. They're like, well, this is a good idea, but we're worried about the gay kids. Um, Though, as we've already established, Australia already has laws that allow you to get rid Mm. of gay gay students, I'm pretty sure. So, cool. Uh, But shenanigans. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the parliamentary shenanigans. Um, And the part of the reason this is connected is that, yeah, a whole lot of liberal MPs were threatening to vote against this bill. Um, some of them were mad that it was going into the lower house instead of the Senate. Some of them were mad that it was anti-gay. Some of them were mad that it wasn't anti-gay, anti-gay enough. enough. So there was a lot of ructions about this. And Morrison basically went to the party room and was like, guys, don't worry. I'm just standing up in parliament and waving a piece of paper around. It's not going into law. You can spend the next six months deciding if it's too far or not too far enough. Um... Uh, and so they got the, the vote. But Morrison's control over his party and the parliament is disintegrating in real time. Um, and this week we've had three, like, full-blown mutinies. I mean, mm. maybe re- rebellion, maybe. Is a, uh, you know, I haven't heard any serious speculation about a spill, um, which is kind of a sign that 
it's not that bad, I guess. Um, but I, my guess is that essentially the entire Liberal Party is planning on losing the upcoming election and rolling him after the election, which is much easier by the party rules. So I thought I'd just go over these three-ish, three and a bit um, dramas. Sounds so good. On Monday, Pauline... Pauline Hansen introduced a bill which, quote, proposed banning discrimination on COVID-19 vaccination status in the fields of good services, facilities, employment, education, accommodation, and sport, i.e. it would override essentially all state COVID measures and cancel essentially all federal funding for hospitals, which is funny. Just um, all, couldn't help herself just sticking the boot in there in one extra, like... Well, no, it, the, it was sort of... In, I'm sure that wasn't the plan, but the bill would remove, stop the federal government from giving any funding or grants to any organization Who, that does discriminate uh, on these things. people to work on the basis of vaccination status. Right? And so if, say, you were a hospital that needed people to be vaccinated to work at your hospital, you wouldn't be eligible for federal this funding. This is why she gets paid the big um, bucks. She comes with these just absolute seriously. firecracker ideas, and I'm sick of the government taking credit for my genius ideas, such as demolishing health care. For no yep. reason. <laughs> uh, of course, listeners, you'll all know that Jackie Lambie. I think that we all know that Jackie Lambie. Yeah. Yep. No more needs to be said that. Let's move on. So five liberal national senators crossed the floor to support Pauline Hanson's bill, even though the government opposed it. Now, Nuno, I'm relatively new to this um, political commentator game. But, sure. Uh, can you tell me, is that good? Uh, it's good for you and me. It's bad for the Scott Morrison. Okay. Um, so All right. Go like clear that up. Five of his guys were like, fuck you. Um, fuck you so bad that I'm going to go over said. there with the yeah. people that I hate most in the world and voluntarily sit <laughs> next to them. So two of them had told the government that they wouldn't support any government votes unless the government made a move about this, like this, to stop state vaccine mandates and then three others did it kind of on the spur of the moment i'm not entirely clear what all of them were trying to get out of it other than drama one of them was matt canavan who i'm sure you would say was definitely acting out of you know principle and um very principled concern for the country if there's one man with principles in australia it's all it's big matt (laughs) it's mr caravan yeah um hilariously pauline hansen uh and uh, michael roberts couldn't uh vote on her own bill because she was on Zoom, uh, which is a recurring theme with these dramas. So just keep that one in your back pocket. So the vote didn't go through. Um, uh, the Liberals, the Labour Party and the Greens and all of the other crossbenchers voted against it. But it, like, she literally couldn't even vote for her own thing. It was, it was purely an opportunity for these five to give the finger to Morrison. Yeah. So, yeah. I know, I sort of respect Hanson, like, she literally, she's just calling in and being like, hey, everybody, um, fuck everything up right now. Chaos, go. And everyone's like, ah, ah. Okay. And she's just okay. sitting back on Zoom being like, <laughs> Nice. I'm not even yeah. in the same so, state as you guys. That was Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, so there were these two uh, senders who weren't supporting them. They let a vote go through the Senate because they refused to vote against it. That would be, uh, that would end an inquiry into the ABC and the SBS that the government wanted to to do. Um, the government wants to punish the ABC and SBS for existing, and the Greens Seven and right. Labour Party have been trying to vote against this inquiry. 
Um, and they finally got the timing right when two of these senators were out of the room. Uh, here's a quote from uh, I think it's the Guardian. Uh, sorry, the New Daily. But hours after the vote was passed, Senator Rennick returned to the Senate, claiming there had been, quote, confusion around pairing arrangements and that his vote should be counted after all. Coalition senators initially lobbied for a redo of the vote, but they later backed down after outrage from Labour and the Greens. Resigned to the fact that they had little grounds on which to base their argument, the Coalition backed down from the fight, deciding to let the original vote stand. So, mwah. That's really uh, funny. I just... Yeah, it's no, so no, good. hey, hey he was like, redo, redo, fuck you, redo. I'm not... I'm, <laughs> It, well, just also that the senator was like, listen, I'm holding my vote hostage for literally everything. It's going to fuck you up. And then there was a vote and he was like, oh, shit, I missed it. Sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> like, just get your shit together. But yeah, it, really, uh, you got to pick one or the other when it comes to those. So yep. now, no inquiry. Cool. The ABC and the SBS will be free to run their hardcore communist programming to their heart's content. No, no, no. It's literally just that... They want to wait until the ABC has finished doing their own internal inquiry. Well, it's not internal. It's an independent inquiry that the ABC has organized themselves. It's completely unimportant bullshit. Okay, so then, on Wednesday, George Christensen voted uh, with the Labour Party against the government bill. Um, unfortunately, that one got uh, passed because Zali Stegel voted for it. Boo. Mm. What was that bill? Uh, it was about... I, I looked it up and it immediately left my brain. Yeah, it was okay, about cool. like funding for litigation or something. All right. Uh, then on Thursday, there was this drama about the religious freedom bill, which I just spoke about. And like, I think there were seven liberals who said that they were considering voting against it, but they ended up supporting it with the understanding it's going to be reviewed in committee and not actually be passed into law. And then just it's, after that on really, Thursday, it's just such a good detail. Yeah, was yeah. Like, no, I know you're mad about me not taking it to the Senate, but trust me, it's because I never intended to do anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, kind of Pauline Hansen zooming in to just cause a shit fight and then, and then just sitting back and watching the chaos. It's, <laughs> it's a very similar but, approach, just with his own party. <laughs> and also that th that it was su supposed to be someone else's bill, right? Like, this is supposed to... He's like doing all of the process backwards literally because he wants to stand there with his hands holding up holding a piece, a piece of paper, of paper yeah. in parliament like i mean and for it to be him that introduced it like we that's know literally that he loves prop comedy like it's true he's a big prop comedy guy <laughs> yeah piece of coal beefy's yeah. hat yeah. um <laughs> the list goes on um okay and so then um this is kind of the best and the worst one uh or sort of most disappointing um, so just after the Religious Freedom Bill on Thursday, uh, Tasmania Liberal backbench MP Bridget Archer embarrassed Morrison further by backing a bill from independent Helen Hayes for a National Integrity Commission. So you might recall that Scott Morrison at the last election promised he was going to make a federal ICAC and then has spent the last three years not doing that. Almost exactly the same as everything else. Right? Like, this is the mm. same thing happened with the Religious Freedoms Bill. Is he was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And then he's like, oh shit, I have to do that by tomorrow uh okay let's go um but he doesn't want to do that with icac um uh but the independent helen haynes uh was like let's vote about whether we're gonna vote about it and um the government was like we're going to vote no on that and then bridget archer got up and was basically like government said they were gonna do this three years ago why the fuck haven't we done it guys this is a good bill let's do it um 
And the bill actually got passed, but <laughs> the government invalidated the vote on a technicality, which was too many people were attending via Zoom. Ah, the five um, greatest words of the English language. Technicality. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an interesting remix of that Simpsons joke. Anyway, uh, it's vaguely possible that this bill might actually get up in the future. Um, yeah, I mean... But we uh, shall see. What, what Do you know anything about what Bridget Archer, like, what they might offer her to, like, not cross the floor on this again? So... <laughs> So, there was a photo doing the rounds of her. It looked like she was sitting in the naughty chair and Josh Frydenberg was standing next to her, kind of like, you're in the naughty chair. Um, What are you doing talking about integrity? Shut the fuck up about integrity. What have I told you about integrity? Um, But she said, basically, he was coming over to be like, hey, you all good? I know this is kind of an awkward thing when you publicly contradicted us across the floor but like it's all good Bridget Archer said something quite telling this week which is um, that the reason that she's not a member of the Labour Party is that the Liberal Party lets you cross the floor and not get kicked out of the party for it which is really just saying that they really are, are identical the same As, I know that's not what way. she was trying to say she's trying she to say, say she's a moderate but yes that's <laughs> what she said Anyway, um, that's been the drama. There is another sitting week next week, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so we might get some more shit show happening. Um, I mean, we'll see. what is Parliament if not an endless silly bullshit Rolling machine? shit yeah. show. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for taking us through uh, the various shenanigans, Noon. No worries. Now it's time for everybody's favorite sting. Goodbye! Oh yeah, everyone loves that sting, man. We've played it so many times. I remembered how it went like, and everything. everything. When are you going to bring Coopwatch Sting back, Zach? When are you going to play the Coopwatch Sting? Ah, uh, remember back in the day when? Okay, so we had Coopwatch all the time. Go so on. yeah, we're watching the Kooks, and everybody knows what the Kooks are up to these days. They're out in the streets, and they're holding up neo-Nazi propaganda, and they're talking yeah. about how they don't want to get none of your stinking vaccine. And uh, it's all a bit tricky to sort of make sense of this whole situation. I wrote a note here for myself, political brown Play-Doh. You know, when you mix all the Play-Doh together, all the different colors, and ultimately just turns out in this one big sort of brown mess. And I feel like that's a little bit where, like, the conversation around vaccines and mandates and lockdowns and legislation has gotten to. Mm -hmm. It's this sort of Mm -hmm. just glob of, like, horrible shit that, this... Swirling debate, yeah. as an ABC my journalist uh, might put. <laughs> an ABC journalist would describe it as a swirling debate. That's, but I'd be picturing something a different kind of brown swirling debate to them potentially. But yeah, that's on the same on we're on the same train there. So I guess a place to start is talking about where the freedom rallies are up to. Um, freedom there is obviously um, both in scare quotes and being screamed by Mel Gibson. Um, so there have been there were rallies last weekend uh freedom rallies in in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide uh at which there were lots of trump flags you Obviously. fucking weirdos Of course there would be trump flags. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> Why? I mean he's still the president. He's still a relevant 
entity. Like, so why wouldn't they? Where are you still buying a fucking flag where somebody's photoshopped Trump's face onto Rambo? And like, where are you buying? Okay, whatever. Um, also, the cookers in Melbourne fucking played cricket with the cops oh, at the Parliament House. Yeah. You know, anti-vax sleepover that they've been doing there. Uh, there was also a fucking photo of, uh, I can't remember, one of Australia's Nazis. It wasn't Neil. It was one of those guys mm. just, like, flexing with a couple of cops, like, posing, like, heroically. Wow. And Missed that everyone one. was like, it's possible he just walked up to where they were uh, observing the street and they weren't involved in this otherwise. Like, bruh, they, like, they're, like, supermaning. I mean, they're not really, but... It might as well be. Anyway, please go yeah. on. Fuck the quite cops. The, That's the point there. Quite the anti-establishment, the anti-authoritarian, oh. free-thinking movement yep. they've got there. Yeah. Uh, and last weekend as well, there were also the campaign against racism and fascism counter demonstrations, which were much smaller. The the numbers, like oh, it, you know, it's always mm. impossible to get an accurate number on any of these things. If you ask the anti-vaxxers, they'll tell you that they have half a million. Yeah, which. It's ridiculous. It's not That's true. That's one in ten Yes, of, of, of residents of the city. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I know, you know, these people are obviously sticklers for truth and facts. But course, in this case, we might That's have to... That's why they're doing all of this. ...put on our ultra-cynic hats and question them for the very first time ever. Um, but, you know, it's safe to say that they had many, many, many more attendees than the counter yeah, rallies yeah. did, which is not to, you know... Uh, diss the efforts of CAF or anybody who turned out on the day just to say that these totally. freedom rallies are fucking big. The one in Melbourne last week was really big. Uh, they're out again today. Uh, I think in slightly smaller numbers, but again, these things are sort of hard to uh, tell, especially at the time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, if, if you've been following this stuff at all, then you'll know that, as I mentioned, uh, the cookers have been camped out the front of Parliament House in Melbourne over the past week or two, they've been bringing out such things as gallows with Daniel Andrews' name yeah. painted on them, uh, nooses. Um, and also people in Sydney have been holding up signs that say kill the bill, even though they don't have new pandemic powers legislation uh, on the table up there. Um, and the other thing to note here in Victoria, I'll talk about the bill in a second. But the sure. other thing to note here in Victoria <laughs> is... Uh, not just here in Victoria, but but uh, I guess all over these protests, are the various actual real-life politicians kind of mm. poking their head above the parapet and sniffing the wind and wondering, hey, can I get a little piece of the dissection? Hey, hey, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys like voting for politicians? <laughs> like me? Yeah? Um, so, yeah, I mean, here in, in, uh, in Victoria, we had uh, Bernie Finn, who is... Yeah. <laughs> has the, the uh, dubious honour of being the single worst person in the Victorian mm -hmm. Liberal Party. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, honestly... Which is a high bar to clear. That's a world... Like, He's that, been that working puts hard him for high, it. high in the running for shittiest person worldwide. That's Certainly true. Shittiest it's like automatic angles. promotion to the Euros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's skipping the first round. He's going straight to the semis. Um, yeah, so... You know, in amongst all this sort of uh, swirling brown mess of anti-vaccine mm -hmm. sentiment and politicians trying to latch onto this, the Victorian government has been introducing new legislation to try and give themselves some specific powers to handle pandemics. So 
I don't want to go into a huge amount of detail about this uh, for reasons that I will go into later, but I feel like we need to do a quick summary uh, for yep. people who haven't caught up on it who until this morning was me. Uh, but now I've read like three articles about it. So I'll, I'll, let, let, let me summarize for you. So essentially in Victoria, the Victorian government has been using state of emergency powers to make health declarations around COVID, mm -hmm. uh, you know, lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, these yep. kinds of things. Yep. Uh, but state of emergency powers have a time limit. You can only renew them a certain amount of times before they expire. Uh, that's not the case in every state. I believe in New South Wales, you can extend it indefinitely, for example. So they're mm -hmm. continuing mm -hmm. to use their state of emergency laws up there. Um, but here in Victoria, December 15th is the absolute deadline for the yep. Victorian government to be able to use state of emergency powers to do COVID regulations. So And so that would mean that on the 15th of December, or the 16th, I guess, that like no one would need to wear masks anymore or check in anywhere exactly. or whatever, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. There'd be, there'd be no COVID related like mandates or regulations Restrictions or whatever. at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these new laws that they're trying to, they're trying to bring in some new laws uh, to you know, give themselves some powers to actually make rules around this stuff. Uh, and here's some of the things that these new laws are designed to do. So one is that it shifts power, the power to declare a pandemic from the chief health officer to the Premier. Pen that seems bad. That's my main take about the bill, is that that particular one seems bad. Otherwise, I'm sort of medium on it. But, yeah. like, that one seems bad. It's also, like, it's it's the kind of idea that has basically been, like, designed in a lab to whip anti-vaxxers up into a foaming yes. fury. <laughs> like, That's right. They already it's, it's want to fucking Sorry. hang Dan Andrews. <laughs> Yeah, they wanted to hang you before you gave yourself more powers. It's bad for exactly the opposite reason as the anti-vaxxers say. So they're mad about this because they're like, "Oh, Stalin Andrews will make pandemic emergency twenty four seven, and I'll never be able to, um, I don't know, drink hydroxychloroquine <laughs> shakes without a mask on again or whatever." But the problem is that the premier, like Daniel Andrews, fucking hates lockdowns. All the premiers do because they're wildly unpopular. And Daniel Andrews has spent the last two years trying to get the chief health officer to get off his back and stop implementing such intense rules all the time because people hate it. So the anti-vaxxers are worried that Stalin Andrews is going to do all to the time lockdown. I'm worried that we're going to get another pandemic and he's going to be like, ah, it will be bad for the votes. So we have no pandemic, in fact. And the chief health officer will be like, bruh. And nothing will get done about it. Mm, interesting. I kind of have a different perspective on it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. for one thing, I would refute the contention that lockdowns are unpopular when they were in full effect. Like, you know, definitely public support for them has waned. But they had sure. something like 70% approval ratings when the pandemic was Okay, sorry, force. sorry. You're right. It, uh, it's it's not necessarily that the lockdown specifically are unpopular, but it massively reduces employment figures. It massively reduces how much infrastructure stuff you can get oh, done. He it would makes much it rather not do them than do them. Exactly. That's, what I, mean. That's yeah. what I meant. No. Sorry, you, you, you are right. I, I said that incorrectly. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I take that No, point. I mean, it, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, huge resistance from politicians to taking action on COVID. And that was yeah. one of the reasons why the lockdowns were popular here was because people saw inaction right, right. at a federal level and at this state level elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that's got people up in arms. Sure. 
one of the other important things they'll be able to do is that they'll be able to declare a pandemic pandemic status for up to three months at a time with no limit. So these laws can continue sort of indefinitely. They can keep rolling. Yeah, okay. which like is obviously part of the whole reason why they're doing these new laws, but is also one of the things that is making people pretty anxious about it, which yeah. I think is fair. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, some one of the uh, the sort of amendments that people have suggested is like put yeah, just put an eighteen month like review on these for example, you know, and then so, you have to go back to Parliament and get approval. The, the other thing is that this is all, I think you've gotten your notes a bit about oversight by Parliament, but I think there are parliamentary oversight stuff in, in the bill, is there not? Or it's been added? Mm, so basically the new laws are going to c- create like an independent pandemic management advisory committee made up right, of right. Uh, public health, uh, reps, human rights, community representatives, those kinds of things. Uh, and then one of the major like criticisms of the of the legis- legislation as it was first announced was there's not enough oversight. And so um, basically the story of the past couple of weeks in Victorian politics has been of the government trying to get the support of three crucial crossbenchers in the upper house support for this bill. And after a bunch of negotiations, uh, those crossbenchers pushed a bunch of amendments through and right, one of them okay. uh one of them was to sl- was to strengthen slightly the oversight uh of the pandemic uh powers within government but it was all it was going to be parliamentary like it was still going to be controlled by the parliament and so yeah yeah one of the things that's been called for is the victorian ombuds- ombudsman has said that there needs to be judiciary oversight of it so something totally separate from government sure. which like I don't know. The thing, this is, I, uh, this is the other thing. I didn't want to get into We're two good. two deep conversations about this because, and I have a whole bunch of other notes about here, but I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll skip over them. But you know, essentially, the legislation that was put on the table by the Victorian government was giving them huge, broad, sweeping powers, and were going to be very punitive to people who broke the regulations. Then, through negotiation with the crossbench, amendments were made which softened a bunch of the bad stuff in the laws so that the fo- like the enormous fines for breaching public health orders were reduced, for example. There was going to be a higher threshold for having to for being able to declare a pandemic in the first place. Mm-hmm. The right to protest was going to be enshrined in regulation. Good stuff. But then it all got fucking piked because of Adam Sumurek. So Hooray. which is why I didn't Everyone's want to- favorite yeah. useless. Yeah, you remember him from um, the branch stacking, the uh, changing of local government regulations to make it much more difficult for independents to get elected, the uh, giving of... $14,000 worth of stamps. (laughs) Yes, the giving and receiving of literal envelopes full of cash in in shopping center parking lots. Uh, Racist text messages about Indian people. I was going to say the secret recordings of misogyny, homophobia, and racism. That's yeah, right. all the yeah, hits. Yeah. And the guy who was currently, like, under investigation by IBAC and crying on cue. Uh, yeah. But yes, he has he has returned. Yeah, yeah. so he was yeah. booted from the Labour Party for, you know, all of that stuff we just mentioned. Um, <laughs> but he technically is still in Parliament. He just hasn't uh, sort of slithered back in uh, for a while. Which is just like... Every time politicians are like, oh, unemployment, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you literally don't have to go to work. Yeah. You could just not show up and still get paid. And that's what Adam Swamirik has been doing until now. He has finally 
crawled out from under a dank log somewhere to say, yes, I have principles that are real and that I believe in very much, which is why I must get revenge on the bastards that kicked me out of the Labour Party. I mean, which is why I cannot in good conscience support this bill. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a quote it's just here about from, ethics and video game journalism. That's all that it's about. Um, I have a quote here from a Reason Party MP Viona Patton, one of the three uh-huh. aforementioned crucial crossbenchers. <laughs> she said, This is the first time I've seen Mr. Somurak take any interest in policy. <laughs> the fact that he now shows interest in democracy, I find somewhat disingenuous. <laughs> but, uh, Credit where it's due, Fiona. Go in. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm much more comfortable giving Fiona Patton a broken clock than I am Jackie Lambie. But maybe it's just because I know less about Fiona Patton because she's done a bunch of fuck shit that I don't know about. So, you know, critical support. She's a fucking business leader, man. You know, whatever. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's um. Yeah. But look, we're all friends when we're beating up on Adam Somurak, who fucking sucks. <laughs> That's right. Um, and is literally just using this opportunity. It's like that meme from i think it's jojo's, JoJo's bizarre adventure the, yeah. you know that zach and noon stomping on adam <laughs> sumurak and then fiona, fiona Patton, Patton takes a big sip and then joins and she, in. she would be a wine drinker as well pet nets i bet you I bet my left foot um <laughs> so yeah so the victorian government had a quick vote uh to delay the bill and uh they won that okay. even though the libs voted against it um pack of parliament is silly yeah um because the thing you know there are the, the, the you know this is what i talk about like the, it being a brown plato blob mm. politics at the moment there are a bunch of legitimate criticisms to be made of this bill and just, like no one is making them well no they or i mean some people are but like the people who are camped out on the steps of parliament house writing daniel andrews <laughs> names on like mock-ups of fucking capital punishment are not being you know not worth listening to the liberals are definitely not fucking worth listening to and the guy who's piked the legislation out of pure personal vindictiveness is not worth listening to either and so actually yeah i mean the crossbenchers were doing good work shouts to samantha ratnam and andy medic uh the animal justice mp yep. uh, sam ratnam is the leader of the vic greens is she the yeah i think yeah. so yeah i think so yeah yeah she's definitely a big vic greens person one way or the other despite um, personally promising to me in 2012 <laughs> that she had no aspirations to move beyond the council level. It's fine. I'm not mad about it. That wasn't the final nail in my coffin of believing in things. Please go on. <laughs> Look, I mean, a politician is a politician. Are we going to... Uh, that's how I found out, man. That's how I found out. Uh, yeah, we all, we all have our war stories here, don't we? Um, we, all, we all have that our the cross, time Terry Pratchett. Made a um, snarky remark. But, like, you know, I mean, there's a deeper conversation to be had about the fact... I mean, the, the fact that the Victorian government could knock together this... Which is essentially, like, one of the first attempts at passing a law of this kind in the world in response to coronavirus. Right, right. The fact that the Victorian government could put this together and get it into Parliament so quickly is a sign of just how, like, streamlined and centralised the power within the Victorian, not just government, but public service has become around mm, Daniel Andrews. Which mm. is like great in the like you can be very nimble and make this super responsive legislation, except it has all these massive holes in it and gives a huge amount of power to the government and Andrews specifically. And you know, you get you end up with this shit show where it's like you've whipped the public into this or you know, 
a certain section of the public into this mm, sort of mm. frenzy over like, oh, now he actually is being a dictator. Anyway, it's yeah. a ridiculous situation. Uh, I mean, that's probably enough on the bill itself. I mean, I think that even that very brief and not particularly informative breakdown of the bill is still giving, like, its most vocal critics more time and credit than they're due. I mean, these these cook units, you know, they don't fucking know what's in the legislation. No, they're just no, essentially like a fire hose of abuse and liquid shit that's just getting, like, swiveled by the leaders of that, you know, quote-unquote yep. leaders of that uh, movement to just, yeah, just point at whoever they don't no, like it's, that No, it's way. absolutely right. Absolutely. I mean, there is no acceptable form of pandemic legislation to these people. I mean, because they, their concerns are not rooted in reality. They don't, you know, mm. they're, they're, it's not about like getting a good law that's going to help protect people whilst also curtailing the overreach of government power. It's just, well, it's also I like, don't like thing. No thing, please. That's the extent of their fucking political analysis. Sorry, ranting. Once again, like enjoyment is a really crucial factor here. They're all having a fucking great time being abusive assholes next to their, like, comrades in arms and, like, thinking about murdering Daniel Andrews. Like, they're having a fucking wonderful time and, like, reading well, legislation is boring as shit and that's why people fucking pay us a dollar a month to do it for them, you know? like That's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, they're having a good time until they fucking catch COVID because it is absolutely tearing through the anti-vax movement at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Check this out. It's unsurprising, this, but... This is a clip from an Instagram live video about posted it. by a guy called Matt Lawson, whose handle is something like Matt Lawson Photography Truth 2.0 or something like that. Great. Um, Love and it. he's... Yeah, sort of... 2.0, really. Yeah. A major <laughs> social media influencer amongst the anti-vax movement and, okay. uh, in, in Victoria. And he's been down at, uh, at the parliament uh, camp out. And he posted a photo of the cookers playing cricket with the cops and wrote a poem about Vic Pohl finally getting on side. Um, and then somebody else reposted that with I am, you are, we are Australian over the top of it, which is oh my hilarious. God, people's culture is so fucking funny. But anyway, this is a clip, an audio clip from an Instagram live video that he posted chatting with some other guy who I didn't recognize trying to find out who he is, but is presumably another, uh, you know, another person big in the anti-vax movement here in Victoria. Sure. Are you heading back to parliament tomorrow or? Yeah, I'll be back in tomorrow, dude. Just today, I just, I worked and then got to the end of the day and I'm like, nah, I, I wanted to go to bed at like seven, but I'm trying to stay up till a bit later, but I'm freaking tired, man. Yeah, I, I slept like, I've just, I, in the last three days, I've slept like probably 15 hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I was pretty run down, bro. I took like yeah. 12,000 12, uh, milligrams of vitamin C, which is yeah. an incredibly high dosage. Do you know what I called out this afternoon? I said at those protests, it's Must the perfect situation to drop himself. some spray out somewhere. The, the cops are wearing masks, so they're not about to catch COVID. And the protesters could suddenly be like, I'm, get, I'm feeling sick. They're not going to report it, but they may catch whatever it is that they're putting in the sky. But I don't know. There was just a weird taste in the sky. I, I swear on Saturday. I mean, I was what? off my face again, but there was a weird taste. Even two days prior to that at Parliament, there was a weird yes. taste. Same pepper spray taste. It's, I would call it like a peppery chemical taste. It's yeah, so the government is putting some kind of spray in the sky over mm -hmm. Parliament House 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is putting to get that... the protesters, but obviously yeah, not the. Which is why all of the anti-vax influencers are hopping onto Instagram Live with like coughing, pallid grey skin, being like, "Don't worry, guys, it's the common cold." Now, Jesus Christ, this is not sixteen thousand milligrams of vitamin C. I do not envy that man's that that guy. COVID is going to be his second problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, and look, I don't want to play that to, like, gloat and laugh at the fact they have COVID. Sure. It's going to fucking suck for these people. But I I think it's a, it's just fascinating to occasionally just, like, pop your head in and just have a look at how these people rationalize things. They literally have the virus that is currently causing a global pandemic, which they, like, virulently... That's... Uh, which they... <laughs> Firmly. Which they firmly <laughs> refuse to acknowledge exists. Yeah. And they're there talking about, no, it makes more sense for the government to have poisoned us with a special spray that only we are getting affected by. So that's the state of the leadership of the anti-vax movement at the moment. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch What's on... What's that cartoon that's like, oh, look, a dog. And then the dog says something. And then the person's like, yeah... That's my feelings about that clip. Yeah, it, it's that's. I think that's probably the the correct reaction. Um, just before we get off Kook Watch, and don't worry, there are more Kooks coming later in the show. But oh, good. Uh, yes, oh, good. Uh, just quickly, Nazis again and more. Um, yeah, mm. worth mentioning. Mm. Um, so you know we've talked about it a bunch on the show. The presence of the far right and the anti-vax movement is well documented, and it's just becoming more and more apparent. I mean. These people are literally, literally wheeling out fucking gallows and nooses and stuff. The obsession with hanging people is such a fucking Nazi thing. It's such a Nazi thing. The day of the rope, like, the imagery of lynchings. These people, they, they just love that stuff. Uh, it's pretty fucking gross and bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, things are ramping up. Uh, this week, uh, counter-terrorism cops in Victoria arrested uh, one anti-lockdown protester for inciting violence against Daniel Andrews, and they charged another, a known neo-Nazi, for just more generally inciting violence. I think he was encouraging people to bomb phone towers or something. Uh, the Age also reported that one of the more official faces of the anti-lockdown movement, which is the organization known as Reignite Democracy Australia, was uh, working with known neo-Nazi Kate I Callen. just feel like... Set democracy on fire again. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, guys. You didn't really think about your branding there. Go uh, on. Yes, but Regan yes, Democracy. No, has no been, neo Nazi. No neo Nazi Kate Callan, whose boyfriend is like in a fucking Nazi metal band. It's been really and, annoying. Um, All of the reporting is like alt right activist Kate Cullen, whose boyfriend fronts neo Nazi metal band, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can just call her a Nazi. Yeah, I think it's, it's fairly fine. safe to call her a Nazi. It was her who built the fucking gallows that <laughs> were out the front of Parliament House. So it's like... I mean, they were well-constructed. Not... Credit where it's due, but I mean, yeah, still I was bad. Showing Holly a, like, uh, a neo-Nazi meme that was printed out on a sign and being held up at today's anti, uh, anti-vax protests in Melbourne, and she was like, who did the design for this? And it's like, well, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Nazis Nazi. have uh, <laughs> know how to pirate Adobe CC as well. Um... Uh, but yeah, one thing I wanted to mention on this uh, Reignite Democracy thing is that last month, the United Australia Party officially welcomed Reignite Democracy into the United Australia Party. Uh, okay. And of course, uh, 
both fully vaxxed Craig Kelly, uh, Craig fully vaxxed Kelly, and Clive fully vaxxed Palmer, uh, presumably. Both spoke. No, no, he said he's not. He doesn't. He said he doesn't have it. Yeah, but... he said that. Oh, right, right. Sorry, that's the point you're making. I wasn't yeah. sure which way no, you were I mean, sarcastic Craig about Kelly it, is yeah. confirmed vaccinated. Clive Palmer yeah. is like. Why would you believe? Why would the fuck would you believe? Whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But both Clive and Craig have been out at anti-vax rallies over the past week. Um, And yeah, are now, and have like, like officially welcomed this anti-vax movement into their party, who is working with explicit neo-Nazis. Now this stuff is kind of framed in the media often as like neo-Nazis quote-unquote infiltrating the freedom movement or the United Australia Party but I don't know if you can really call it infiltration if they're there from the fucking ground floor on the first day and Mm -hmm. in many cases Mm -hmm. aren't even attempting to fucking hide their politics at all. Yes, this is my boyfriend. He's in a neo-Nazi band. Would you like to come and build a gallows with me? By the way, do you need any help with your IT? Like I think... You know, I don't know if infiltration is quite the right word there. So, yeah, look, overall, uh, you know, a few different strands trying to pull together here. I don't know if we Mm -hmm. can take much, like, I I don't know if I have a coherent take, particularly. Okay. uh, You know, we, beyond just generally observing the, the, the increasing kind of extremity, I think, of the political tenor of these movements. And, you know, when we talked about this a few months ago with Tom, we did try mm. to exercise a little bit of nuance, right? We were talking about the and fact that's definitely that, like, what he was doing for a long time as well. And then he he sort of switched at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I think that basically, you know, he was hoping that he 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 saw that there was a, a plurality of yeah uh, non Nazis. Yeah, and and like a a diversity of political perspective within the anti lockdown movement. And was hoping that those forces that were like anti-Nazi or anti-white supremacist would do enough to swing the movement away mm. from that, but it didn't happen. And yeah. you know, I think from a certain perspective, we all sort of felt like it was inevitable, but didn't want to yeah. tar them all with the with the same brush for fear of like you know backing them into a corner or whatever, from the outside or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But at this stage, I think being reluctant to brand the anti-vaccine movement as anything other than extreme far right seems kind of naive to me. And it's like. Mm-hmm. At this point, who are you even trying to talk to within those movements who might be, like, scared off by you branding them as far right? Like, they've had many, many opportunities to stop marching alongside fascists, and they haven't taken them. And But again, you know, we're talking about people here who ultimately aren't interested in anything real, right? They're, they're fantasists. Like I said, there's yeah, no yeah, political course, fucking yeah. analysis here. There's no, like, they don't have a policy demand that's going to make pandemic legislation palatable Mm -hmm. to them they just want to throw a huge middle finger up to everything that makes their life slightly inconvenient (sighs) but you know the other thing is they've been quite adept at spotting away accusations of of you know being guided by or influenced by neo-nazis by being like look we have many people within our movement who are not white such as look at the real rukshan who if you don't know is one of the live streamers who's been kind of integral to promoting and popularizing these rallies, uh, who claims to be, you know, an independent citizen journalist, but like, I don't think anybody's really being fooled by that. He streams all the big stuff and all the big rallies. And last weekend, he tried to go and do some filming at the calf counter rally. And he was kicked out of that rally 
And then he complained a bunch about how he was a not white person who got kicked out of an anti-racism rally. Um, and, you know, I think to most reasonable onlookers, it's clear that he is part of the anti-vax movement, which is, mm-hmm. you know... Was being protested against. Yes, exactly. Why would Calf let him into their rally? Um, and... You know, the reason he wasn't let in is because, yeah, he's a hero to those people. And to really let you know just how much they love Rukshan, I wanted to play you a little something that I came across on the internet today. Rukshan welcome (laughs) that's a whole lot (laughs) i mean tell me that rukshan isn't a fucking hero (laughs) to the anti-vax movement i mean the guy the 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 user who posted that song to bandcamp goes by the name fang q as in f-a-n-g and then the letter q capitalized Huh, yeah. cool. Probably no connection to the <laughs> Trump as Rambo flags flying around at these fucking protests. Anyway, now it's time for... Shitpost of the Week. And we have a very literal shitpost this week with a uh, layup to Nick Shadegg. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but at Nick Shadegg on Twitter. Um, this was an exchange that Nick posted a screenshot of... Um, that starts with Sydney Watson tweeting, um, My brother got kicked out of a store in Australia for not being vaccinated and not having a vax passport. Australia has lost its soul. Objectively gross. She's um, a fairly well-known right-wing YouTuber, by the way. Um, and, uh, deeply transphobic. You know, 4,000 uh, 4, likes on that tweet. Yep. One of the replies was from V-Dog, um, who posted a photo of... Somewhat, I assume it's themselves, holding a see-through, like, sandwich bag uh, with a dog shit in it. They're just holding this bagged-up dog shit. It's not like a poo bag, right? This is a neat bag that has been carefully wrapped around this poop. Yeah, like, very lovingly inserted. It was probably... It looks like there was a shovel involved, because if you pick up a poo with a bag, it doesn't look like this. Yeah, no. And V-Dog said this, If I'm ever asked for my vaccine passport, I plan to tell them my dog ate it, but they're free to look at it if they want to. Picture of bag full of dog shit. And then Nick Shadegg reposted this with the, the, the caption, Very cool loophole to avoid needing a vax passport. Simply carry dog shit in your pocket all day for the rest of your life. Um, which, it's just common sense. It's, it's just the same common sense. common sense that leads to this whole fucking 
movement. And when the cops say it, it should be on your phone, I <laughs> uh, say, oh, I shouldn't have kept it in the same bag. It's my bad. Um, that's <laughs> Put your phone into a bag full of dog shit to own the libs. Yeah. Yeah, we all know who's getting owned here, and it's definitely the people asking for your vaccine passport. <laughs> Who are still going to find you for handing them a bag full of dog shit. <laughs> That's the and thing like, about it. Is that like, there's like genius response, like, ha I'll tell him my dog ate it. It's like, you're still getting a $25,000 fine, bro. Like, <laughs> It's not going to be an effective technique. And, you anyway. know, it's like... I don't know. As somebody who has to pick up a lot of dog shit on a daily basis, mm. you know, I don't know. I resent people making a joke out of it, okay? This is my life. There's <laughs> nothing funny about bags full of dog shit. <laughs> there is nothing funny about bags full of dog shit. That's the end of this very serious segment. Cool. Uh, and I did promise more cookers and cooked shit, and... Uh, uh, Unfortunately, that theme is going to continue into our First Nations segment. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit this week about the latest cooker conspiracy, which uh-huh. is that the army is forcibly vaccinating indigenous people, including children, in the Northern Territory. Uh, and alongside this is the usual um, government is suppressing this information line to ward off the suspicions of anyone who's trying to find any evidence for this conspiracy beyond cook talking heads on instagram live now mm-hmm. i first heard about this like from an instagram video uh you know of, like recorded by an indigenous woman who was really worried about this uh and i felt very complicated about this kind of all mm-hmm. week for that reason you know there being you know it being sort of patently untrue but there obviously being like indigenous people who were very concerned about this and posting about it. Anyway, just before we started recording this episode, I went onto Twitter and found a video of that very same woman retracting her statement. And now I feel much less complicated about talking about this. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was like, my bad. Um, <laughs> turns out that's not really happening. Everything seems to be fine. So bit of context, the situation in the Northern Territory right now, there's, there are uh, there's an outbreak happening in indigenous communities of uh, at least 52, possibly more people in the towns of Catherine and Robinson River. Um, and as far as vaccination rates, some indigenous communities in the Northern Territory are at less than 50%, some at less mm-hmm. than 25% vaccination rates. And in this you know, circumstance, the Northern Territory borders are about to open. So some of these communities are in extremely vulnerable positions right now. Mm-hmm. And then into this really awful horrible dangerous situation which let's be clear has been brought about by government failures that are ultimately intimately connected to the ongoing dispossession and genocide of indigenous peoples the anti-vax movement has decided to pour uh, a steaming pile of total bullshit misinformation um Mm -hmm. yeah basically just whipping up fear about people getting forcibly vaccinated uh which is it's just not true it just simply is a lie um i've got a very well documented facts of the australian army abusing indigenous people no thanks yes complete nonsense that isn't happening Mm, yes oh no yes please yeah exactly yeah uh we can get a little bit into the 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 deep and uh in fact very racist hypocrisy of this position uh but 
Let me start off here with a statement from the Worley Wurlinjang Health Service, which is an Aboriginal community-controlled organisation uh, which services Binjari and Rockhole, which are two of the communities that these lies are being told about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's a quote from that statement. People are very hurt by the untrue comments being made in the media and social media about their situation. We are in lockdown because we're in the biggest fight of our lives. People on social media saying that our people are being mistreated need to realise their comments are hurting the very same people they claim to care about. Uh-huh. I don't think you could put it any, any more clearly than that. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, in a way, this is simple in the sense that absolutely fuck the anti-vax crowd spreading this shit, you know, faking interest in First Nations communities so for cruel. the first time in um, their lives, literally just for their own personal and financial gain. And, like, someone did set up a fundraiser on GoFundMe to, like, fight the disaster in the Northern Territory or whatever. Uh, I think it has now been shut down after people pointed mm-hmm, out that mm-hmm. some fucking scam but i mean that just goes to show that this is totally disingenuous bullshit uh and of course you know fuck them for encouraging vaccine hesitancy in indigenous communities and this is Mm -hmm, where it gets mm -hmm. complicated because in another way you know in one way it's very simple in another way it's very complex because mistrust of government and of the colonial healthcare system are obviously totally legitimate responses from indigenous Mm. communities given the history of dispossession and genocide on this continent. And so, you know, I there's something particularly cynical and awful about exploiting that vulnerability of an already, yeah. you know, uh, marginalized community who's like, you know, interaction with the health system is already like deeply, deeply problematic in many communities in the case of many individuals. Like, this is really 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 fucking gross stuff like i yeah this really this shit makes my fucking blood boil um and like you know the the ex the other sort of complicating element of this is like i don't want to be in the position of having to fucking defend the government's response to covid in indigenous communities right 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 right. you know the government response it's just that they aren't doing this one specific yeah Active evil that they're lying about. Right. And and isn't this the frustration with so many conspiracy theories where you're like, Mm, yeah, actually mm. there is a global organized attempt to make your life worse. It's called capitalism. We already know all about it. Why do you have to make this other shit up? Like these communities are already marginalized, already vulnerable, already being, you know, effectively killed off by the state and you have to make some bullshit up, you know, and... What work are you actually doing? You know, a fundraiser, which, where was that money going to go? Who the fuck knows? But, like, yeah, I mean, it's very clear. Uh, look, at- I will say, yeah. this is not a problem exclusive to the right. And, like, this sure. level of, like, making up total bullshit, absolutely, I think, is yeah. uh, much more common on, on, on the right and in these conspiracy things. But, you know, I worked in viral organizations for a long time, and... People were constantly treating indigenous people like photo opportunities or like, yeah, well, it's bad for black people. And then, you know, there would be indigenous people, you know, from that mob working for the fucking oil companies. And they'd be like, no. And it's like, I don't know. Everyone, all fucking white activists... Yeah, absolutely, like, flatten, well, well, flatten these communities and these exactly, issues. Exactly, flatten, yeah. Yeah, uh, because, yeah, there's, but there is... But I do think that this is there. a next-level, like, 
fully fabricated and actively harming the people that, as you say, they are, for the first time in their lives, pretending to give a shit about because it makes their own fucking war against Daniel Andrews feel more real. Well, that's all it is. Um, And I've got a a tweet exchange that I think illustrates this perfectly. Um, So here's a tweet from an anti-vaxxer whose account I'm not going to shout out because fuck you. There will be an Aboriginal elder leading the march on Saturday. Bring an Aboriginal flag or wear anything that shows support for our Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory. I just bought this top. Shop is in Brunswick and they have a pickup service available. They're talking there about clothing the gap. Um, But also they have pickup service available because um, they're not allowed into stores. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, look, it's a small thing, but... The words Aboriginal and Indigenous are not capitalized there, which is like, you know, just a basic marker of respect. But whatever. Anyway, that tweet got a response from Amy Turnig, a Gomorrah academic. She said, there's a lot of misinformation being spread right now by white savior wannabes who are disrespecting elders, talking on communities they've no right to, and actively seeking, actively seeking to black clad their protest mm. crowds. Just because you're seeing mob symbols doesn't mean it's mob movement. Yeah. And that... I mean that that sums it up. That term black cladding is so black clad, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's it's like and, pink washing or whatever, right. green washing. But... And as you say, noon, there's that's a, an issue that is by no means confined to the right. Mm-hmm. It's just the latest in a long line of shit tactics being deployed by yeah, these anti-vax yeah. fuckheads. But as you say, that's a problem. You know, I mean, that's a problem across the NGO sector, absolutely. Yeah. And the left not to more mention broadly. like throughout all of Parliament, or you know, like. And so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. And and the left. And environmental exactly. movement. Everyone. Yeah. Fucking salt selling newspapers at Invasion Day. That's like... This is, I would say, worse than that, which is impressive because salt doing that makes me just furious. Um, but anyway, sorry. I'm sure everyone who's listening already <laughs> it's, agrees. It's fine. We don't have to go on about it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. Um yeah, that plus, like, so much of the conversation around this that I've seen on social media from these anti-vax cookers is all like, ooh, Black Lives Matter activists are surprisingly quiet on this issue. Why? Like, and this, you know, we were talking before about how initially we were trying to find nuance when mm-hmm. discussing the anti-vax movement and, right, and you right. know, giving people who were there out of a sense of fear and instability, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt of being like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're, we're not going to assume that you are a fascist or that you're an extreme right wing, you have extreme right wing beliefs or whatever, you know, a lot of people are caught up in this. We can't tie them all with the same brush. And yet at every fucking opportunity, there's an attack on, on the left or mm-hmm. on movements for racial justice or environmental justice or whatever. Like it's... <laughs> You can give them the benefit of the doubt only so many times before they do exactly the same fucking shit and use any excuse possible to shit on every other movement for social change that is happening at the moment in order to climb over the backs of other people who have done hard work and plant a shitty conspiracy flag on the top of that. Like, mm-hmm. just, just fuck you. Anyway, I'm going to close out here with a quote from Luke Ellis, who is an Aboriginal health worker who was tweeting from quarantine after contracting COVID after working in remote communities in the Northern Territory. Uh, And he, yeah, he posted a long thread on Twitter, which I encourage people to go and read. Maybe we'll post a link to that in the show notes. 
where he goes into a lot of detail about you know where people were getting their misinformation from and what the situation is what the situation is actually like on the ground uh but yeah i'll just close out with a quote from that thread to see so much bullshit being shared around especially by people that have no love for indigenous people suddenly jump on the genocide bandwagon when it suits them is fucked mm-hmm. Indigenous people on the ground have continually tried to raise awareness of things affecting our people, including long-term systemic racism. To try to use this as props now is disgusting. So, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, yep. nothing more to add. Uh, now it's time for a bit of that patented Ozpol snack pod tonal whiplash. Yeah, and look, it's classic snack pod negativity corner where it's something good that's happening for bad reasons. Um, and I will give a heads up. I will use the name of an indigenous man who died in police custody in this story. Um, but the good news is that a bill has passed into law in South Australia that makes it illegal to use spit hoods in prisons, police custody, and mental health settings across the state. Um, and the new law is called Feller's Law in memoriam of Wayne Feller Morrison, who we have spoken about on the show many times, who died in police custody after being put in a spit hood and some other stuff happened. But um, uh, that was definitely, we've talked about yeah, that before. That was a major part of it, yeah. It was a major part of it. <clears throat> Uh, and look, this law is entirely due to intense hard work that Fella's family has been doing since he died, and in in particular, his sibling Latoya Rule has been um, sort of the public face of this campaign um, ever since he died in 2016. And Latoya has been uh, calling now that this has happened in South Australia for similar things to happen in the rest of the country, and they said this. Our family definitely worried for the other states. There are people like Dylan Voller, young people who had spit hoods placed upon them in custody. They're torture devices. They need to end torture across Australia and not just for a small population of people. Um, And there is an inquest into Fowler's death that has been going on since 2018, and we're all still uh, awaiting those results. Um, And so are the family. Um, So, of course, we'll keep you updated with this and with the inquest and with as these laws hopefully spread around the country um but yeah just um a piece of good news about something that should never have been happening is going to be banned um and also just like staunch activism from um from fellow's family yeah Yeah. and community yeah yeah absolutely no i mean look this this is a this is a huge win as you've seen and it's something that never should have happened in the first place but Huge, huge respect and solidarity solidarity to the family mm-hmm. um, for the work they've done around this. Cool. Um, let's move on now to one last quick segment. Now, what starts with the letter C? Cookie starts with C. Let's think of other things that start with C. Uh, ah, who cares about other things? That's right. It's the segment uh, where we talk about things that start with C that nobody gives a fuck about. And this week, it's climate change. Uh, so I wanted to quickly touch on... Uh, uh, it, was, it was a little bit of a follow-up to the story I spoke about two weeks ago on the show when we were um, covering the Blockade Australia uh, direct action that was happening uh, mm-hmm. at the port in Newcastle. So one of those activists who disrupted the transport of coal to Newcastle port has been sentenced to 12 months in prison, uh, six with no parole. His name is Sergio, 22 years old. He's been charged with assisting in the obstruction of rail locomotive and hindering mining equipment, which is 
suspiciously specific crime. And um, just a small detail, but the magistrate in this case was Mark Latham's fucking wife. And yes. uh, (laughs) uh, I don't even know what to make of that, but it's very upsetting. (laughs) Yes. And no, she's not just Mark Latham's wife. Yes, she has a name, Zach. It's Janine Lacey. Girl boss. And Sergio is now out on bail uh, and planning to appeal, which is great. Um, but, you know, uh, hard to say what the result is going to be, obviously. Right. Um, you know, the, the Blockade Australia has been uh, doing a lot of communication to their Facebook page and documenting over the past couple of weeks the ways that the cops have been throwing the book at them, uh, slapping activists with as many charges as possible, some charges with possible sentences of up to 25 years as well as doing a bunch of other fuck shit with the people who were locked on in direct action circumstances, deliberately Mm -hmm. inflicting pain and discomfort on activists who were locked on or like putting them in unsafe situations by uh, having them like, you know, like if if they were in uh, tree sits or other high up places, like putting them in danger, you know, general fucked cop shit. Uh, But Mm -hmm. the absolute worst take on this that I wanted to highlight came from Labour MP Pat Conroy, who I'd never heard of before and is now my worst enemy. He's the federal Mm -hmm. shadow minister assisting for climate change. And here's a quote from the ABC. I think it sends a strong message to these sorts of extremists that their actions are unacceptable, he said. I support strong action on climate change. What this particular individual has pursued with his cohort is to divide our community, and it's entirely counterproductive. Mr. Mr. Conroy said such protests interrupt and prevent a legal activity. That's, well, if it's legal, it must be fine. Yes, which delivers millions of dollars of wages to families in his community. It actually hurts the cause of climate change action, he said. So I think mm-hmm. this was an appropriate sentence. What the fuck? Yeah, so that's just a Labour MP saying he would literally rather see you in fucking jail than take mm-hmm. meaningful action on climate change, which is very cool Two big thumbs up. Yeah, jail, jail is great for people who just want you to not kill the planet. Uh, I'll finish off here with a quote from the Blockade Australia Facebook page. Sergio's action was taken to oppose the role Australia plays in the climate and ecological crisis. This response from the legal system only further exposes Australia as a deliberately designed racket that is intent on self-preservation and the protection of the ruling class. Without people like Sergio who push back against state repression and harsh application of the law, the state Mm -hmm. will continue to punish people without accountability or consequence. The best way to support Sergio and push back against increased state repression is to support, resource, and expand the resistance against Australia through strategic direct action. Yeah. Boom. All right. Can we play a little bit of Catch-22's excellent track, Hey Sergio, at the end? Or will we get sued? I don't think we'll get sued. We will get a lot of angry messages from people who resent Scar in principle. I was going to say, is that Scar? <laughs> I'll play some Scar. Come on, you man, s- we've been doing this show for two years. If you send me the clip, I'll play it for you. Great. If you want a podcast, you gotta do a lot of shit. That's not technically podcasting. You still gotta do that shit. That's right. Please follow us on all the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Ospol Snackpod. We're not on LinkedIn, but um, you know, hire us to do your marketing anyway. Um, 
please uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ospol Snackpod, $1 a month uh, uh, Discord, and um, some other stuff. Um, uh, bonus episode. This month's bonus episode is going to be about polyamory. Um, nearly finished writing my notes for it, even though I was supposed to have done that like three months ago. Um uh, uh, what else? Reviews. Is, is that it? Oh, reviews. Please leave us reviews and ratings um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can leave reviews. Um, it means a lot to us on an emotional level. It also makes line go up for our numbers. Um, and also, and we got a review. cheaper than a dollar a month. And we did get a review. That's right. This one's from Mason L. Hardman. Thank you, Mason L. Hardman. The review is called One of the Best, Five Stars. Love these guys. Very well informed, and I very much enjoy the leftist lens on the news. Thank you, Mason. That's, nice. That's lovely. We enjoy your lens on our podcast. And <laughs> agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah, go and do go and uh, go and do us a Mason on uh, iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be great. Now it's time for a pop game. All right, Noon. We're at 90, 90 minutes already. Hit us with the hit us with the quick pop date with the brief pop date. Bagel fucking hates it when people start on a walk with us, but then don't stay on a walk with us. And it happened twice in in mm. one day this week. Had coffee with my friend, uh, friend confident member friend in Sanctum Coot. Got a coffee, went and got bagel, went for a walk, and she was just like, um, "Anyway, I, oh shit!" and just like sprinted off. And Bagel was like, "What? What the fuck?" <laughs> and then like ten minutes later, I got a message being like, "Sorry, I forgot I had a meeting." Um, but uh, Bagel spent the entire like next twenty minutes of our walk like looking over his shoulder, like, "Buddy." We are she's gone. four blocks away and facing the other direction. It's no longer she's no longer over your this shoulder. She's not a viable prospect. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then later that day, uh, went for a walk with someone, dropped them off at the train station, and kept going. And he was like, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." That was one of my Excuse most important me? sheeps. I was meant to round them up, go and back. they're going the opposite direction. Anyway, it's adorable but very annoying. Um, <laughs> yes, I've met a dog before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I know that Dante did something this week worth talking about, but I can't remember what it was. So I thought instead I would just talk about how he draws, and it's mm-hmm. very funny to me that, like, literally the tiniest little, like, the tiniest little treat, like half a Nutrigrain or whatever, I'll just, like, place it in front of him and be like, wait, don't eat it yet, wait. And he'll just <laughs> kind of, like, avert his eyes away from the treat. And then within literally about five seconds, we'll just start li- just dropping saliva out of his mouth Next onto the floor. Next time I come over, you got to show me that. That's it's, hilarious. It's so, like, he, he just drools at the drop of the hat. And it's, I get, you know, it's a bit irritating. You're try- trying to have any kind of food around him. He is so insistent and will not leave you alone. You need to basically be very active about, like, making him sit and lie down and be patient and wait. And sometimes you just want to relax and eat a couple of, you know, Doritos or whatever it may be. What have you? Bones or clams or whatever. (laughs) In the parlance of our times. In the parlance of our times. (laughs) Um, But, like, witnessing how he, like, physiologically 
he's unable to stop himself releasing liters of drool at the slightest skerrick of treat makes me realize how much fucking self-control he must be exercising not to just that, be like very true. leaping at my hand to, to munch my point. Dorito. <laughs> so it's like... It Good d- job, Dumpy. You're doing great. He, look, he's he's clearly working hard. <laughs> his body is in full... Like, his metabolism has just been like... Like, he just hit the NOS on, on, on the food <laughs> engine. Yeah, he's just... He's rumbling. His whole chassis is just bouncing from side to side on the quarter Going, mile. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, we watched Fast and Furious last night. Um, uh, the big Lebowski like five years ago (laughs) can't try like four times a year Um, alright that's going to do us for this week I hope this bumper episode uh, slaked some of that Ozpol snack pod thirst I hope this big cup of Ozpol snack pod lemonade lemonade need to drink it it's fine it's another (laughs) reference from (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, it was a fair amount of news and a lot of, a lot of shit talking as well. Yeah, it was (laughs) fun. Thanks. It's nice to be back and we'll catch you next week. It was nice to be back and we will catch you next week. Um, but until then, keep on snacking in the free world. (laughs) 